took its toll And in the name of flood control They made their plans and they drained the land Now the glades are going dry And the last time I walked in the swamp I sat up on a cypress stump I listened close and I heard the ghost Of Osceola cry on Tomahawk Talk do not reflect that of WVFS Tallahassee. From the highest point on Florida State's campus and the hottest room in Seminole Sports, this is Tomahawk Talk. I am your host, Luke Fay. It was Bobby Bowden's 90th birthday, I believe, on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday? Friday. Friday? Was Come it on. Friday? Oof. A little bit off on that, but we're, we're celebrating in the show. It's Veterans Day here at the station. Our, we have a veteran of our own, mm-hmm. Gary and Jay Sutton, uh, working over at in, is it All Access uh Florida State, so that will be Jay Sutton. He is with the Air Force, I believe. Is the chair force? He, he said that, that those were his words, not ours. But we love to honor our veterans, and that's one of our own, Jay Sutton. He's he's doing great things here at oh, yeah. uh, at Florida State, and of course, uh, we we traveled two thousand four hundred and twenty nine miles from Tallahassee to Atlanta to beautiful Boston, Massachusetts, and back to bring the show to you tonight. And boy, was it worth it! The Florida State Seminoles. Played inspired and won 38 to 31 in Chestnut Hill against Boston College. This is not the only Florida State team that played inspired this weekend. Gary, Florida State men's basketball team dismantled their rival, the Florida Gators, for their sixth straight year, winning 63 to 51. Let's not forget the biggest result of the weekend: the LSU Tigers, our very own. We we are LSU fans here at the station uh, ever since going all the way out there. They went to Tuscaloosa and obliterated the Clemson, uh, the Crimson Tide, 46-41. Where the score was uh, not as close as what it indicated. I, I got to tell you, Gary, LSU whopped them this weekend. Go Tiger. <laughs> oh, boy. Go Tiger. It is Florida State winning at Boston College. It was a long, long flight drive to Atlanta, going around lots of Ubers, Gary. Uh, we made it, and it, it, it was worth it to cover these Florida State Seminoles because they put on a show, Gary. Coming, uh, coming back from a 14-3 deficit mm-hmm. and just uh, showing showing why 
uh, we're proud to be Florida State Seminoles here. Yeah, and the fans were probably my favorite part of that game there for Florida State. When they started all kind of come down from their seats, whether they were up in the upper deck, lower bowl, on the other side of the stadium or whatever, they all kind of came together around the FSU bench, and they were all having a really good time. It was their own little party right back there. They were doing the war chant. They were singing the songs, having a grand old time. It was it was very cool, but the one thing that killed me was looking around and you see all the it seemed like garnet and gold, but Boston College and Florida State's colors are the exact same, and there was a high contingent of Florida State's mm-hmm. uh, fans. But man, that that was that was one of the more confusing things of uh, the evening, and doesn't hold very many uh, fans over Wasn't at Boston about 40, College. About forty thousand, correct? I think it was forty five thousand. So mm-hmm. very very cool to see. We'll. Yeah. we'll uh, We'll touch more on that over to my right, Lucas Fatia in his senior year, and Florida State Seminoles played Inspire. What, how, what did you think of their performance this weekend? Um, they definitely did what they needed to. This was, I think, their most crucial game this last three-game stretch, you know, having um, basically playing just to save their season be able to go to a bowl game. So they absolutely got done what they needed to. And over to his left, Austin Reynolds of the 89 and the FSVU. Austin, the Atlanta Falcons, huge upset against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, is their playoff picture over, or, uh, or you still have a glimmer of hope? Can you can you say that first part again? Is, is there uh, the win the win over the the New Orleans Saints? That's exactly what I meant. Yes. Oh boy. Let them enjoy this, guys. Yeah. Let, from a te- yeah. from a two and seven team as well. Let him enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> that that is the Dolphins, of course, for Gary. But ends up. <laughs> but Gary, let's let's get into this trip uh, between me and you and Sebastian over in the production. And booth. Tyler, Don't and, and Tyler. Tyler, who is still stuck over in Boston. Uh, He's not here for me to gloat. Yeah, I'll say yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. Just don't fly Spirit Airlines. That's uh, that's the only thing we'll we'll throw out there. Uh, but no, it, it was a great trip. Drove all the way up to Atlanta, flew out, got there in time. Gets dark at five o'clock, completely pitch black at five o'clock. No, it felt earlier than five o'clock, honestly, uh, when it started to get dark. I'll say this: it was it was a very good trip. Expensive. We did have clam chowder. Clam chowder, uh, and wasn't as cold as you would think. The first, okay, come on. The first day was cold there. We got there, and our Uber driver, who said he said it was the coldest first cold day of the year. It snowed that morning in Boston. So saying that it wasn't cold is an understatement, especially some coming from South Florida. That was cold for me. Sunday was nice. Sunday was like in the fifties, forties. That was a nice day. Well, every other day was cold. <laughs> well, you you didn't go to Notre Dame last year like I did, and that was a different type of cold. Twenty seven mm. degrees and windy. Holy smokes! Florida State though, wow. That was that was some type of performance, winning thirty-eight to thirty-one. Where, really, it, it looked like what it looked like Boston College was going to do what they did to them in twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. when Florida State lost Smack. thirty-five to three, mm-hmm. beat by thirty-two in Chestnut Hill on a Friday and this, night. <laughs> and this time in the Red Bandana game for Boston College, they did not get the better of Florida State. Florida State went out there and came out slow, which is not which this year is somewhat unusual. But played their game, and we we did not see Alex Hornibrook. We saw James Blackman, and if you look at it, the very surprise of the year really is Jordan Travis. Gary, he, I did not expect that coming out of the game, coming into this game. I didn't even know he would get any touches this whole single, this whole season. And then I see halfway through the play for of his first touchdown, I realized that's number thirteen running the ball, and that's not anyone that we've seen before this year. And I looked at my uh, the sheet that they give us in the press box for all the numbers and like the roster. I was like, I thought it was Jordan Travis, and I couldn't, had to confirm it was. I I watched it, and I I'll never forget. I saw him get underneath center, and he started running. And I went, okay, Jordan Travis first play of the game. I don't I didn't even know if it was his first play of the year, but fir- first play in his seminal career. Mm-hmm. And he started running around the side, and then burns around the corner, runs in for a touchdown, and every single press box member for Florida State just started laughing. Because they went, of course, you know, the, the one quarterback you don't go to has the better production that you would have ever seen. And one of the cool things that I did not know was James Blackman on his first possession, TD. Alex Hornibrook, first possession, TD. Jordan Travis, first possession, TD. That's pretty good, but Jordan Travis showed a little bit more in the later parts of the game. Lucas Fatia just icing the game at the very end with the longest run in Florida State history. Was it 66 yards? believe so I'm not it was the longest QB run in Florida State history and that really just put it away for Florida State in a game that was very emotional Lucas 
Yeah, you know, performances like that, you have a guy that hasn't played a single snap this season and he comes out and has a performance like he did. You just have to ask yourself, like, was Willie really managing this team as efficiently as he could have if he wasn't using, you know, those weapons that he had like that? One of the big surprises, Austin, was in the postgame when they asked the players, you know, what what you think of Jordan's performance? And some were surprised. They didn't even know he had it in him. They they hadn't. He if if you're the third string quarterback, you don't get very many reps. But people know who can ball. The one overarching thing that I did see was you didn't see Jordan Travis spend the ball, but he sure can run. And it'd be nice to see a running quarterback in this Browse system. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, in this current college football landscape, there's a lot more emphasis placed on mobile quarterbacks, not just pocket passers like we've seen in years past. So. If his passing is up to par, I know we, we haven't seen a single pass from him this season, but uh, heading into potentially the Alabama State game, we could see more of him. And then uh, through spring practice, could be an omen for next year. On, on the ride home, we, flew it, we, we threw it out there and said, is there another QB controversy at Florida <laughs> State where you don't know who's going to be QB when they come in? I, I mean, now now that you have Jordan Travis, the transfer from Louisville, he only played three games last year, was immediately eligible. I... I I hate to say it, but Florida State could be in for another one, and that 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 also goes in hand in hand with if Derek King from Houston decides to transfer to Florida State, which is a very real possibility. Looking at this whole game for everyone, do you think last year Florida State lost in heartbreaking fashion to Miami, and then you thought that was going to be a turning point for the year they were going to come out and play? They did not. This year they lose to Miami in embarrassing fashion. Willie Taggart is fired. And now you look at the firing the firing carousel is coming out. Chad Morris of Arkansas, he just got let go. And well, his they, they lost bad to they, Western Kentucky. Okay. Yeah, which you which isn't good. <laughs> which isn't good. And so so all these things happen and Florida State came out there and really battled. Really battled. Coach Odell Hagens, he he loved the effort. He said, There's only one way, the no way. I, I don't know how many times he said it, but that was his big inspiration. And and you look at the whole perspective is this i'm gonna ask the whole panel this is this a turning point for this florida state team going into the final two games of the season and next year well it felt like last year the bc game was the turning point for this team because they had that big kind of walk-off win against the eagles at home with the big pass to mario and terry next and game then, has to play florida exactly but it felt like there was that energy and like they can do this they can keep it going they can keep it rolling the bowl eligibility is eminent or possible at least and so I feel like that's actually realistic now coming off this BC win. And this does give everyone a lot of hope in Tallahassee and especially the team. Yeah, I will say that this definitely was, I think it was a turning point just because, again, it kind of does save their season or we would think that it saved their season since, you know, they were playing an Alabama State team, which they would expect to beat uh, this coming Saturday. So this was really the game that they needed to come out and, you know, play well under pressure, and they did so. Awesome. I'm not sure that I would call it so much a turning point because for me at least that implies a changing of expectations going forward. Like at the beginning at the beginning of the season rather, Alabama State was chalked up to be a win by most people I would assume. Yep. So I would just I would simply call this a very impressive win because when they fired Willie Taggart, I was of the opinion that they were punting on this season. The team you going know, up lay into, down. Yeah, yeah, the team going up into a freezing cold environment, they would just lose to Boston College and and 5 and 7. But oh. I'll say this, the the halfway through the first quarter, it went exactly how I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Boston College got us to a good start. A.J. Dillon just ran it up the gut every single play. We, we mean, talk about Cam Akers being years. a workhorse. A.J. Dillon AJ is a Dillon, big workhorse. And we came out of that game, we said, and Gary can attest, we said if A.J. Dillon isn't a first-round draft pick, we don't mm-hmm. know yeah. who, who is a valiant NFL running backs. Yeah, and to speak to kind of the workload for FSU, it was I liked it because it was split even. I believe FSU had 31 carries overall and 28 or 26 pass attempts. So it was very even, and that's what something we haven't seen all year because a lot of times it's just been all Cam Akers and nothing else really. And it's been a fair amount of passes, but it felt like it actually worked, kind of like splitting it up and giving guys even amount of time. James Wackman had a couple of runs there, eight carries for 29 yards and. You you look at the he looked elusive he looked he, elusive because he he looked a lot better got, than normal he should have got sacked a few times back there but he was able to get out of the pocket and either get a run in there or at least get it out or throw it away yeah I mean looking at the whole game one one of the shocking things for me was once again Kalen Labor not getting a single carry mm-hmm. um, I talked to a couple people after the game uh, it was up for discussion whether he was hurt whether he was not hurt no one really 
I'm really who, new. Who would have thought that Jordan Travis would get more carries than Kalen Labor in a game? <laughs> yeah, well, who would have thought that Jordan Travis would be leading uh, the team in rushes with uh, three carries for 94 yards That's a, and two touchdowns? That's a pretty good stat line yeah. <laughs> uh, for – so they might even want to have to throw him out at a, at a running back at, at this point. But looking looking at the whole, whole perspective of the game in a cold environment – uh, you, you saw the you saw the post game, fans rushed the field at BC. It was it was almost it was out of control. We saw Tyler on the field because Tyler was there as a fan, and we we were like Tyler, what are you doing here? <laughs> it, it was very odd, but it, it it was almost ominous looking at Odell walk all the way down the fans and high five them. And it reminded me a lot of Willie Taggart in that spring game a couple oh, years ago. Yeah, it really yeah. it, it really did remind me of that, but in a more genuine way. Because you you heard a couple of guys at the end uh, say, you know, he's been through it. He he mm-hmm. is a Florida State Seminole, and I don't mean that as a dig is what they were saying, but he he gets us. And if there's one guy that can really inspire the team, it is Odell Hagens. Yeah, and he's been here for over 20 years, 24, 25 years. So he understands what it's like to be a Florida State Seminole football player. And he just loves this university and loves the fans, loves the players, no matter who they are. One of the cool things I saw is he – he called four four of his influential coaches and head coaches that um, ha- had really made him into who he is. And he, he learned a lot from his first interim head coach position uh, when, when he took over and went 2-0 for Florida State after Jimbo Fisher was – Jimbo Fisher really resigned. And then he took over, won those two games, and now comes back and wins the one game against Boston College that gets Florida State bowl eligible again. And going into this Alabama State game, or well, sorry, it doesn't get them bowl eligible if they need to win more one more game for that to happen. But either way, you could see the players really want to rally around him. Yeah, definitely. You know, he's one of these guys. He's been here over twenty years now. Just embodies really what Florida State University means. So he's definitely been a coach that the players can rally around, get behind. I think that he definitely could uh, keep it up, keep going. Austin, former. Tomahawk Talk host Nick Carlisle. He's been on Twitter a little bit. Uh, we we've been reading it, and he he is backing Odo Hagen's as a hire for Florida State as a head coach. Is that a little bit too far, or should we see how the everything plays out? What what do you think of that option? Because Deion Sanders was flying around last week. I do not support the Deion Sanders rumors at all. <laughs> Let me just get that out there right now. It, it is not time for prime. But with regards to Odell Hagen's. I mean, he's very well respected among fans, among players, among people inside the program. I think you have to at least give him some consideration for the head coaching job, along with some of these names that we have been hearing the past couple weeks. Whether he wants to take that job full-time, I'm not sure. That's that's, that's a, the one yep, confusing yeah. thing, and I almost got into, in my head, I know two years ago he definitely didn't want it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, when they asked him at the press conference, hey, will, will you take that under consideration he, he almost said, I, I haven't even thought about that, you know. I don't know if he wants it, but it wouldn't shock me if he kind of he falls in love with the, the situation that he has because what he's done is Kendall Bryles has, has gotten full full reign. He's, he said, I've taken the leash off of, you know, Kendall Bryles can do whatever he wants. They asked him, who's going to start at quarterback, James Blackman or Jordan Travis? And he said, I'm not making that decision. you got to ask Kendall. So looking forward to this Alabama State game, should we see Alex Hornibrook in there? Should we see three quarterbacks, two quarterbacks? Where would you go with this, Austin? I mean, if Saturday is any indication, I don't expect to see any Alex Hornibrook at all. I feel like with Odell Hagens really handing over the reins to uh, to Kendall Bryles uh, and the fact that we didn't see Alex Hornibrook at all, there, there might be a correlation there. The Hornibrook play might have been more of a Taggart thing, but I would love to see Jordan Travis get at least a couple series in that game. DJ Matthews, Gary, had his final... I guess you could you could say a coming out party. It took him forever to make an impact, and just as I'm walking on the field, he has that reception for a touchdown in the waning moments of the game against Boston College. That that really changed the tide of the whole sideline. Everything has is, is he is he going to actually play this entire season? Is he going to show up for the rest of the rest of the year? This was a big big moment for him. He he could show up, but maybe he needs to have the flu more often. That's right. It was his flu game. This he was said his that. flu game, and I was shocked when Odell said that in the press conference. I it's I'm it's amazing to see these kind of guys play these games while with these sicknesses cuz I know whenever I get flu, 
I'm practically bedridden for a while. <laughs> he, he had so much adrenaline when he when he came up and talked to us after the end of the game. He uh, he said, I, f- "I found out I had the flu this morning," <laughs> which which we as soon as he said that, three min- media members just took a step back. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame them, <laughs> and I, I can't blame them either. But he was not the only receiver who had uh, a great day, and that was Tamari and Terry who had a career day for Florida State. One of Actually, the best game mm-hmm. in his Florida State career. Seven receptions for 156 yards and one touchdown. And that was finally a game where he had a complete game, took over, and reminds you of other great Florida State receivers. Really, it, it almost reminded me of a shy green performance. Mm-hmm. And not only was he playing well with the ball in his hand, I noticed a lot of great blocks on his back. If you know the first Jordan yep. Travis touchdown, he's there on the block on the outside. And then there's another play. The ball didn't come towards him, but... He laid the hammer down as one guy who was trying to come across and trying to get in there. Reminds me of another receiver that was a blocking wide receiver at Florida State, Travis Rudolph. Where's the same number? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, they always say, if you don't block, you don't get the rock. And really, Tamari and Terry showed up and showed out, Lucas. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, considering Boston College, they really don't have a great defense. In fact, it's I'm pretty sure one of the worst one in college of the, football. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's 120th in, in passing the passing yards allowed. You're yeah, right on that. You know, it was great to see that they were able to really exploit those weaknesses and get their get the ball out to their stars. Marvin Wilson was uh, was was hurt at the beginning of last year or last uh, week and ended up getting surgery. Austin, he was out for the rest of the year, presumably. And Coach Odell Hagan said that Wilson was stay, uh, was waiting back for them at the field when they arrived and brought tears to his eyes. That's the type of leadership that Florida State needs, and it, it almost stinks to see that a great guy like that is going to be out of this locker room. But what type of impact do you see with him in the team? I mean, just him being there on the field waiting for the guys to come back, it, it pretty much speaks for itself. Like, he is... When he's not on the field, he's one of their biggest cheerleaders, and when he is on the field, he's a great leadership influence on the guys, and his presence is going to be very sorely missed. Gary, coming up, it's going to be senior day for Florida State against Alabama State. We haven't seen Dontavious Jackson uh, the last couple of games. I think he, he, he threw out a tweet that this is his last game at Florida State. Mm-hmm. We'll most likely see him. What do you want to get out of this Alabama State game for, for all of Florida State fans and, and players? I want no one to get hurt this game because that's something that can really mess up some of these guys like Dontavious Jackson. You don't want to see any, a senior get hurt on their senior day like that and have to go out and not be able to play the rest the full game at Doak or at least all they want to play there. And it's and you don't want any of these guys getting hurt possibly going into a bowl situation or like a Cam Makers possibly into a draft situation because Marvin Wilson yep. going out with that hand injury, who knows, it could end up hurting his draft stock a little bit. Do you, should, uh, should Florida State play two quarterbacks? They should play... Well, I think they're going to play one quarterback for however long, and then if the game starts to get out of hand, they're going to go to the second quarterback, and it's just going to be one quarterback at a time. No two-quarterback system, though. Guys should Florida State play two quarterbacks? Yeah, I agree with Gary. I would keep it with just one quarterback. You know, I would assume it will be Blackman starting, let him ride it out, have you know, see how he does, and then if the game does start to get away from Alabama State or whoever, then we'll see give Travis some time, see well, how he does. Well, uh, Austin, I know you already gave a little bit of your take on it. Uh, let's let's move on to the Alabama State and predictions. We don't really know much about Alabama State. Can't can't throw out <laughs> hardly any expertise. I know Gary, the said, <laughs> Gary, Gary said that they they've had five QBs play this year. I've noticed a lot. Of, I'm just going through their basic just this game recaps on Google, and I just see a, di- a bunch of different names at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And just the Auburn game that they had, they had three different guys play quarterback. To give perspective, and, they lost to Auburn 63-9. to So Auburn is a much different team than Florida State, but Florida State should have this in the hand. If you don't know much about Alabama State, I believe it's an HBCU. Uh, DeAndre Francois was rumored to go to Alabama State. He ended up at Hampton University. Mm-hmm. Would have been an interesting it game, to say the least. Uh, but looking, looking at this game, Florida State should win this handily. I'm just going to throw out predictions now because I know we can't talk too much in, in depth on it. It I, I hate to say it, but Odell Hagan says, you know, we're only going one game at a time, but really this is a look ahead to Florida game. Who are they going to throw out here? Well you see some guys that we haven't seen this year who have been under red shirt. That'll be a very interesting some young guys are going to get the chance this weekend and you're going to see them flying this week. You got a lot to play for. Mm-hmm. The Florida game coming up afterwards is going to be the biggest game of the year, Florida State got embarrassed last year at home. I know that they're going to feel a lot, and they're, they're going to want to play for their interim head coach. 
looking at who's going to be the next ho- head coach for Florida State, we don't know. But we do know that Florida State is playing very, very hard for their coach right now. I will throw out a prediction of 52 to 10. I think Florida State wins pretty handily, but really is going to tone down and, and try to get those young guys some reps. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go 43-13 FSU. Okay, good. If that was any question on who uh, who was going to win this one. Yep. I'm going to give FSU the win 35-17. to 17. 35. Ooh, wow. Only conservative. 35. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking kind of in the realm of Luke. I was thinking maybe 51-13. And uh, to clarify something I said earlier about the quarterback situation, I, I figured when I said I would want Jordan Travis to get a few series, that would probably be at the end of the game in garbage time. I think Blackman yeah. is the guy that you roll with. Yeah, and, and the reason you're saying that is because Alex Hornerbrook is not going to be back next year. Right, right. So Florida State will, will be fine. In, in the grand scheme of things, Florida State is going to be fine uh, looking into this game. I know my parents are coming in this weekend, so it, it should be a fun game for me. Senior it's day senior for Luke. Day. Is it? I, I guess, yeah, I guess it is senior day. Super yeah. senior night. Uh, very interesting. Ooh, can we do like the whole like frame a t-shirt for you? Can we frame your <laughs> Can we frame your ping pong champion uh, oh t-shirt and like give that to you at the radio uh, station? But that would be uh, that would be something. Maybe you buy a WVFS Tallahassee yeah, T-shirt. Yeah, can frame that for and you. Frame that for us. There we present go. it, and I'll, I'll keep that. I'll keep that in my room in the closet. Okay. Oh, <laughs> wow, I see. So, uh, so that's what we mean to you. Yeah. Well, no, no. You that's guys what it sounds best. like. You guys are the best. Uh, Florida State basketball. I know we're gonna get that uh, into that in the break. We're we're gonna cut in a little bit early. I know we have similar segment coming up, and on the other side of the break, we're gonna have some talk about Florida State basketball along with the LSU-Alabama game. Stick with us. You're listening to WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State. to Tucker with Seminole Segment. What's happened, Tallahassee? I'm Tucker Pierce, and this is Seminole Segment. The Florida State men's basketball team traveled to Hogtown and took down the number six Florida Gators 63-51 on Sunday in a game that started with sloppy shooting performances by both teams. The Seminoles shot 26% from the field in the first half, with the Gators shooting just below that at 22%. A tight defensive battle from the start, the second half would trend heavily in the Knolls' favor thanks to an explosive effort at the start of the second half. FSU extended their lead to double digits multiple times in the second half, with the Gators only getting within six points of the lead before the Knolls took control and powered through. Sophomore Devin Vassell followed up a big performance against Pitt on Wednesday with another strong outing, leading the team with 13 points and complementing it with six rebounds and two steals. Sophomore Malik Osborne was the only other Knoll to score in double digits, scoring 10 points. Senior Trent Forrest held the team strong and pushed the team the whole way through the game, scoring eight points, snagging eight rebounds, and finding his team with seven assists. The Knolls play their opening game in the Tucker Center this Friday, November 15th, against Western Carolina at 7 o'clock. FSU men's basketball team wasn't the only basketball team winning on the road this weekend with Florida State women's basketball team traveling to Baton Rouge on Saturday and taking down the Lady Tigers 70-62. Nikki Ekamu led the team with 21 points with freshman Sammy Poises and senior Naja Woolfolk scoring 16 of their own. The Knowles played a tight match the whole way through, but an 8-0 scoring run late in the fourth period helped the game close the game for the Seminoles, giving them their second win in a tough game on the road. 
Seminole shot 45% from the field with six, with six three-pointers, and they also shot an efficient 14 for 6 from the free-throw line. The Seminoles are back in the Tucker Center this week, taking on Jacksonville Wednesday night, November 13th at 7 o'clock. That's all for Seminole segment. Now back over to the guys in the studio. Thanks, Tucker. Appreciate it. Always great to have the time-honored tradition of Seminole segment. Did a great job. And talking a little bit about basketball, I guess that's the greatest segue to go into Florida State winning 63-51 to over the Florida Gators. Their sixth straight win over the rivals. Oh, how sweet it is, Gary. Oh, I love it. It's so nice. But when is Mike White going to have to call Florida State his, or Mike Martin his daddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. No, I think no. You had it right. Uh, Leonard Hamilton and Mike. Who did I say? You said you said uh, Mike Martin. Jeez, I'm yeah, okay, I'm all, all over the place. place. All I, over I, the place. I had I had to drive us all the way from Atlanta <laughs> down yeah, here. That so was in I'm reference. Tired. That was in reference to Jeez. a tweet by Leonard Hamilton. Either way, Florida State looked looked the part and beat the barn doors off of the Florida Gators, who were ranked number six in the AP poll. A lot of hype coming into the season. Florida State was unranked. And one of the shocking things that comes out of this whole matchup, Florida State still unranked after beating a number six Florida Gators team and only losing to an ACC opponent in Pitt, whereas Florida is ranked number 15. A wild, wild thing for uh for Florida State to not be ranked at all after this game. The they killed them. The disrespect of the AP poll, they continue to amaze me every single time. They we turn we think we turned a corner with them and they just slap us all right in the face. This Florida State basketball team looked good. I mean, they looked really really good and Kerry Blackshear for Florida just could not get anything going. Florida State really kept him under wraps for for some reason it looked like he was almost playing like guard. For, for yes, Florida. he was playing outside on the wing a lot. I noticed that at least in the later first half, early second half. It was weird to see that because why would you use a guy like that playing a guard? Because I noticed a lot of time MJ Walker was uh, tied up with him. I think they were trying to get him at the top in order to drive and and get a mismatch. It just, but didn't it just work. never worked. He had the mismatch with MJ Walker, I believe. Yeah. I'm, I would say that's a mismatch. At I, least. I don't know why. I don't know why they were doing it. He's going to be a great player. I, poor guy lost to Florida State in overtime two times last year yeah. at Virginia Tech. Comes to Florida, still loses to Florida State. He was 0 for 5 from field goal range, 0 for 2 from 3. His only points came from free throws. Yep. Yeah. That's not good. That That is not good. And the Florida Gators team, dare I say, is overrated. And the Florida State team is underrated. They played very well. Austin, what did you think of Devin Vassell's performance? He has been getting accolades all preseason and then comes up and shows up in the regular season looking like one of the better players in in the entire college basketball world. For sure, yeah. I mean, there was a ton of hype around him before the season started, and this UF game certainly made sure that that hype was mandated, was was warranted, rather. Um, where, did, where did Statlin go? 6 for 15 from the floor, so very great there. Uh, 13 points against the, the Gators. That was good for second or most on the team, rather. So, I mean, very strong performance from him. We're going to be seeing a lot of him as time goes on. He could be one of the leaders of this team. Is it surprising to see Devin Vassell, who was more of a role player last year, come in and take the reins over from Terrence Mann, who now is playing the NBA, and Mufondo Kevin Gelly playing for the Clippers as well? Is this shocking? It's not shocking. I've known Devin has been a good player for quite some time, and this team, as long as least as long as I've been here, they've always had you know that one guy, that leader, to step up, and I'm glad that it can be a player like Devin to come and do that. Gary, MJ Walker still trying to find his feet. He came into Florida State as a five star, shot three of ten, uh, made a couple of free throws, added to that, but. What 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 is what has gone wrong in his Florida State career? He just hasn't been able to grow. We were talking about this in the airport when watching the game. We said freshman year he looked like he had a lot of potential. He could yep. be something good at Florida State, and he could not. He might not even be here all four years. And then last year, it just didn't feel like he was able to do anything and progress. And he the, had one or two games where he went, okay, he's flipped the switch, mm-hmm. and then gone back. Yeah, it's, he just hasn't been able to find his stroke from whatever range he's trying to shoot from. Because he went one for five in this game from three-point range, at least. And, and then you look at opposite and what Devin Vassell has done. Yeah, I mean, Grant Devin Vassell only made one three as well, but that was one for three. But still, it felt like Devin Vassell was still more consistent. Grant Vassell only scored one more point than Walker, mm-hmm. being 13 for Vassell, 13 for Walker. It still felt like uh, Vassell was leaps and bounds ahead of Walker in that. But Vassell also only got one free throw attempt compared yes. to six for MJ Walker. That is so. true. Yeah. That's a good point. Very, very true. And, and looking at the, the extended stat line as well, uh, Patrick Williams, the five-star for Florida State, people were saying first-round draft pick, going to be mm-hmm. one of the top players on the team. He he looks good, 
he just hasn't really played very many minutes, only 16 minutes, two of four from the field, uh, four points. Not a huge impact, but is this too early to say you know, he, he's not going to take over and, and get into the starting lineup because he's not even in this starting lineup? I still think it's way too early to say that. I mean, he was touted as, I think it was like top 25, top 26 yes, uh, you're correct. player in this, in this upcoming class. So he had a couple great blocks um, early on, on Saturday or Sunday, rather. So I think it's just a matter of time before he finds his footing and gets his gets his starting role. I like what Coach Ham's doing. I feel like he's trying to kind of ease him into the uh, college pace. He doesn't want to just throw him in there and have him just go straight to the Sharks, but he's trying to make him earn this playing time as well. Because granted, you can't just let these you can't just pump these five star kids' tires all day long and just let them go and do their thing. Because who knows, they might not even produce. So I like what Coach Ham's doing by kind of just pulling the reins back on him right now and just easing him into this year. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of agree. It's I think it still is too early to kind of uh, determine whether he's going to get his role in or not. But I think what Coach Ham is doing, easing him in, is definitely going to make him better. You know, make that competition for getting into the rotation there uh, definitely show, show some improvement. Just one thing I, I want to touch on real quickly. I mentioned this before we went on, but just something of significance for why FSU, or not really why FSU, but an argument for FSU to be ranked. They are the only Power 5 basketball team to open with two road matches uh, against Power 5 teams. So a little bit of a disservice, I think. But for, and, and Florida State ended Absolutely. up going one and one in that. Exactly. In that it, it is kind of shocking. Bad. You look at Florida, Florida <laughs> only beat North Florida, which is, yeah. you know. They got outscored in the second half of that game. Now I have a question to pose. At this point, you know, having won five um, – Having won in the last five years, could you call uh, FSU beating UF? Can you still call it an upset? That's what I. That's what <laughs> I, I had been seeing. Yeah, that's, I'd say it's still an upset. Upsets because UF. Florida has such high hopes coming into this year. I lo- I noticed a lot of people putting them in the Final Four in some of their predictions. Yep. So if you have a team that's coming out with Final Four expectations and they lose to an unranked, a lesser Florida State basketball team, At it's home. an upset. Yeah, that's an upset. I don't think this Florida it's State. It's a sod game. <laughs> I, I don't think this Florida State team thought that they were going to lose going into it. No. They look comfortable from the start. It, 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 they they were playing the pace of the game, and Florida State was or Florida was trying to catch up. Exactly, I and mean, you can't go into those games expecting you're going to lose or expecting you're going to be playing a close game. You got to go into a game against, like Florida where you're the underdog and expect to punch them in the mouth first and get out to a good lead. One one of the the cool thing or well not really cool things to see, but Florida State last year and the years before are known for their depth. They play a lot of guys and a lot of guys get minutes. That was not the case in this mm-hmm. Florida game. And it, you can you can look at it and chalk it up to injuries that that you've seen, but you're not getting a lot of minutes. Sixteen, six, seven, five, and eighteen. Polite had eighteen minutes, and Patrick Williams had had sixteen. The rest of the team is playing thirty minutes. There was mm-hmm. only two guys who didn't play over thirty minutes for this Florida State team. Is that can you chalk that up to injuries, or is this just a different team? Florida State doesn't have as many good players. It's a different team, but I I don't know if you're if you're right with saying that they don't have too many good players, but. It just feels like a whole different team because of the way that they're structured in terms of their length and all that. Because they didn't use, was it Balsa, Balsa Koprovich? I probably got his name wrong. And Dominic Elizhnizak. Yeah, yeah oh, sorry. I botched that one. But <laughs> they barely played. And they're two big men that were expected to get some good playing time. Raekwon Gray was getting a lot of the playing time at the five spot and at center. And he, I liked what I saw out of him on Sunday. He drove to the lane a lot, drew fouls, and was able to make some free throws. Austin, is, is this team... Is there a reason why this team doesn't have as much depth? Or the starters are just that much better? That's kind of what I think it is. This kind of reminds me of like Tom Thibodeau's style of coaching where he he lets his guys play 40 minutes a game in a 48-minute game. Um, I I just think there's not really an issue with depth per se. It's just that the starting guys are so much better. Yeah, I think the depth on this team is all right. It's been pretty good from what I've seen. I think that it's mainly just the that Ham, Coach Ham, he uh, has his players that he likes to play. You know, we saw like last year, Mann and Calvin Gelly were getting like the most minutes for the team. Just uh, he has his guys that he relies on and trusts in, so he'll stick with that. Florida State might not have Devin Vassell for very long, and a lot of people say you're going to have to cherish him. you got to cherish these guys that, that you have. Is this, a, is this the type of team where you know next year is going to be that much better, but would Devin Vassell, if he's a first-round draft pick, late late pick, should he go? If you're getting that money, I don't blame you for taking it. Because who knows, if he gets injured next season, his stock, he might not even be a first-rounder or a second-rounder or whatever. He might not be even getting drafted. I, very true. I mean, Malik Beasley, he went. 
for Florida State mm-hmm. a number of years ago. Dwayne Bacon decided to stay, and you couldn't really say improved his draft stock. Maybe he fell a little bit more, but the the type of team that that Coach Ham does or makes is very predicated on upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. Trent Forrest, he's he's a four year player. MJ Walker is going to be a four year player. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Devin, Devin Vassell is one of those players that could stay in the program longer, but he's progressed so much quicker than what people had thought. Well, if Devin Vassell has expectations and desires of winning a title and having well, having a chance to win a title, and kind of maybe Patrick Williams has that desire as well, and maybe both of them stay for next year and then they keep getting some more recruits. Scotty Barnes, Scotty coming Barnes in. plays in, and then Malachi Wyman also maybe gets some playing time if he decides to step on the court. But hey, maybe this could all kind of come together for Florida State. Why is Florida State's backup corner? Why does, or excuse me, why does Florida State not have a good guard behind Trent Forrest? Because if you look at Polite, he has not really given production for Florida State. Is that the big weakness on this team, guys? Yeah, I think that's definitely been their um, main weakness so far. You know, you have a guy like Forrest who's been there such a long time. He um, has been able to progress so much. So maybe it's just the fact that these guys don't have enough experience yet. Maybe. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. I mean, he's led the bench in scoring the past couple games, but he's also taken a bunch of bad shots Anthony Polite has. So, I mean, it's really just a matter of getting him minutes as the season goes on and seeing if he can improve. We talked a lot about Florida State. Well, let's let's flip it over to Florida. And Florida had all these high expectations. Is this a knee-jerk reaction for us? Say it again? Is this a knee-jerk reaction, thinking that Florida, that, that Florida is completely overrated or they just have a bad game at home? They had a bad game at home. I still think this was the right time for Florida State to try and get this win against the Gators because I think if they waited a little bit longer for this game to be scheduled, Florida would have had that cohesion with their team, that camaraderie, and a little bit more chemistry because I didn't think they really had that against FSU, and that's why they were able to kind of sneak in this upset. It, it kind of reminds me, going across sports here, but it kind of reminds me of the Week 0 UF-Miami game where everybody was saying, these teams are garbage, this game is garbage. And then Miami's been on the up and up, and Florida's obviously in contention for a New Year Six. So I, I think Florida just really had a bad game at home. They'll get better. Lucas? It might be a little of both. You know, I think that, yeah, Florida definitely did have a bad game, probably one of the worst that they'll have, I would think. But um, this definitely was not a performance of a top 10 team. So... Round, rounding out some Florida State talk, we'll, we'll just ship over to, 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 to show that Florida State women's soccer, they lost against Virginia in the ACC semifinal, right, Gary? 2-1. Yep. to one. OT. Uh, and in overtime, we'll see them. They just got uh, nationally ranked, so they will be hosting throughout the whole playoffs. An interesting matchup I saw against South Alabama. Yep. They have more wins than Florida State. Yes, they do, but they also kind of play in a lesser conference and against Still, lesser uh, opponents. That's, that's scary. Soccer is one of those sports where – Upsets can happen. I, I I feel like upsets are 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 much more easy to happen in in soccer than any other sport. It could be pretty bad. It it, it could be bad if Florida State drops one at home. I I don't know if they, they drew a, a good seating. Um, or they did draw a good seating, but a good region. We'll we'll see where that goes. I know Florida is in the region as well. I believe South Florida is as well because South Florida and Florida go up against each other in the first round. Yeah, so it it it's going to be tough for Florida State to get out of it. But it, it would be nice to see this team try to defend their title uh, come come time when they have to travel over the West Coast for the College Cup. Mm-hmm. And this game is, like you said, South Florida does kind of, or not South Florida, South Alabama poses a unique threat because they do play a very, they do play good ball down there. But FSU, I think, is just a whole different animal compared to them. Well, let's move back over to college football. I know we talked football at, at nauseum today. And for good reason. <laughs> but, but for good reason. And the other big game of the year. Really, yeah, the year the was the century. The year. Uh, well, I wouldn't say that. But LSU versus Alabama. And LSU versus Alabama was a wash at half. LSU crushing Alabama 33-13. to it, it, it just looked like the same LSU that played up against Vanderbilt, the same LSU that played up against Florida, where, where they were controlling the game. And Joe Burrows just looked so good. In, in my opinion, he locked up the Heisman, and if if no one else if no one else is voting for Joe Burrow come late November, I don't know what what's going to happen because this guy has come from Ohio State, where he was the third string quarterback, comes over to LSU, has a subpar start to his career, but then the last four games at the end of the year started to to bring it along. He comes and beats UCF in in that that Peach Bowl win. Joe Burrow is is the truth, and he's a rock star over in Louisiana. 
But how much are we going to give credit to LSU and their offensive coordinator that brought in? I can't remember his name right now. Joe Brady? Yes, Joe Brady brought him in from the New Orleans Saints. They love Joes over there. They do. Joe's not, not your average Joe, huh? Exactly. Great time to be a Joe in the state of Louisiana. But how much are we really going to give credit to Joe Brady? Because Joe Burrow did not look like this before. No. He So... And when he leaves, are LSU, you trying to say he's a product of the system? He could be a system quarterback. Oh he boy. could just be like Tom Brady. Who knows? That is a <laughs> hot take alert. Tweet it, tweet it. What 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 are your guys' thoughts on that? <laughs> on Joe Burrow being a system quarterback? Yeah, I would have to disagree with that. I mean, but what is, what has he done anywhere else that proves that he isn't a system quarterback? He was better. <laughs> he yeah, got better. Got, he got better, but. Wh- there's a what lot. else you want from him? Yeah, you're you're I mean, supposed to get better over the years. No, but you're supposed <laughs> to get better over the years. Yes, but like. The system obviously fits him better right now than it did last season. Are, are you like he, he was just put in a lab and somehow got better and he's just going to regress when no. he gets to the NFL? I still think the system could hurt him, whatever system he gets drafted into, possibly. Yeah, I don't know if I would say that. I think it's <laughs> pretty much been like a product of his own. You know, I don't think it's a system that's been making him what it is. I mean, there's an argument to be made about going from one college system to an NFL system. Like, look at Baker Mayfield. He won the Heisman at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and he's been really struggling with the Browns. But what he it, had a great, great start to his uh, his rookie year. Exactly. But what is he doing now? <laughs> yeah, sophomore slump. It happens. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> that, very true. But it, w- you go over to the other side, and, and Tua couldn't beat LSU. Tua comes in here. This is the guy that you want on your team. I over never there said I wanted the Dolphins. I never said I. I haven't said who I wanted yet exactly for the Dolphins. I'm keeping that close to the vest right now. That that being said, Tua did not look as good as Joe Burrow at all. He he had a nice comeback. They scored a garbage time touchdown to mm-hmm. make the score much better than what it was. But this LSU team played inspired. They deserve to be the number one team in the country. Absolutely. I know that they were the number two team in the country according to College Football Playoff, and now. They're, they're probably going to get moved up to number two. Do you guys agree that they should? I definitely agree. Yeah. I mean, they, they have a much better What has re- Ohio State done? Yeah, they oh. have a much better resume than Ohio State. <laughs> like, Ohio State is blowing out teams that it should be blowing out, but LSU plays in the AC, er, the SEC, rather, not the ACC. A much tougher conference, obviously. They have this win over the, the dynasty of the Crimson Tide, so I think everything is forming for LSU to be number one. Yeah, what is it? Now they've had, like, uh, four top ten wins uh, this past season, like mm-hmm. the most since I think Miami in the eighties. Like I don't know why I don't know why they were number two to begin with. They definitely do have a much better resume than Ohio State has had this season. Is there an asterisk on this game because Tua had surgery? No, no. no he chose to play. If you if you play, you are expected to give one hundred and ten percent and expected to be there the whole time. So he didn't play. He played and he just didn't play well enough to win. So. Although I will say, um, as far as like Tua going out and playing injured, even with that, he was still able to bring his team, almost bringing them back during that second half, just goes to show how good that Alabama quarterback still is. Awesome. I, I have pretty much the same takes as these guys. I think he's he had the week off, the bye week right before LSU to get healthy. He might not have been 100%, but it was if he was well enough to play, then I don't think we can blame it on the injury. Alabama had, fell from number two to number four. Right. Uh, or they might have fallen from three. These are the AP rankings the, that just came this out. This is today. the AP rankings that just came out today. So they are still in the top four for the AP. I don't really think that'll happen. I, I believe Georgia will slide into number four, but right behind that is Oregon. And Oregon lost their first game of the season. We talked about this earlier today. Uh, those first game jitters, Florida versus uh, Florida versus Miami, was a sloppy game. The Oregon versus Auburn game wasn't that sloppy, but. Oregon was in there the entire way and loses to now an inferior Auburn team at a mm-hmm. neutral site. So you can't you can chalk it up to you know there was probably more Auburn fans at the neutral site game in Texas, but this Oregon team is dangerous. If they win the pack, should they should they be in the college football playoff? Yeah, because you can't leave out there. I don't see any reason right now to put Alabama in the playoff because they lost. If if everything stays the same, if everyone wins out and wins the games that they should, it should go not in any order: Ohio State, Clemson, uh, LSU, and Oregon. I think that's fair, is it not? I would I, say so. I think it's fair. Who? Because Oklahoma lost to K State. You can't really put Oklahoma in this one right now because they're kind of holding back and they don't have anyone else really left on their schedule to claim as a big statement win. You, you still want to put LSU at number one though? After no, game. no, I said no specific order. No so like those are just four teams, just those four teams. I don't yeah, know who's going to finish where right now. Yep. Clemson has won however many games in a row. They, I, what is it at twenty five? Something like that. You can't, yeah. you can't lose twenty twenty five games in a row. Their schedule this year has been abysmal. They they barely snuck away against UNC twenty one to twenty. A failed two point conversion by Sam Howell. You look at them. 
they're sitting at number three pretty. If they lose in the ACC championship, if they lose in one of these two games um, coming up against South Carolina, I, they haven't they haven't played South Carolina. They yet. play Wake Forest and South Carolina. To if they lose, if they lose against Wake Forest or South Carolina, an ACC team is not, in my opinion, is not going to make the college football playoff. They won't. I definitely agree with that, and that opens the door for my Georgia Bulldogs to potentially sneak in as the four seed. Possibly, is, but it could also open the door up for Alabama. I don't like that. What uh, if we're if we're looking at doomsday predictions here, guys? Oh, is boy. there a way that you could see LSU, Alabama, and Georgia all in the college football playoff? I don't think so. That I, would mean that would mean LSU would have to lose to Georgia in the SEC championship. Alabama would win out convincingly, handily in their next couple games, and LSU would have well that LSU would have to lose a tight game. Oregon would have to lose. Clemson would have to lose, and you maybe a, Ohio State. <laughs> so you think a one loss? Everything, out- everything has to go down. Everything yeah, that can, can go wrong will has to go wrong for them. So, so they would put a Pac-12 one loss Oregon team over a non-championship uh, Alabama team. No, well, no, they wouldn't because Oregon would have two losses at that point. How'd they have two? They would Auburn. They would lose to Auburn, and then they would lose to. Oh no, you said they win the if Pac-12. They win. You said yeah, they win the Pac-12. Okay, sorry, yeah. my bad. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that they would they would put Alabama in no, over that. I know not. there was a controversial couple years ago and Alabama ends up winning the national championship. Exactly. If Oregon wins out their season, Oregon should be in the playoff. What about if Minnesota goes undefeated, guys? Where th- that this really reminds me, they jumped from thirteen to seven after beating Penn State at home in a huge game. The the game the, this is the first time they've started nine and zero since nineteen oh three. 1904, and I think that was Sebastian. They started, um, it's their first 9-0 season since 1904, and that involved playing um, high, a high school for their first game that season. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That so, wasn't so, even their, and the crazy thing about that season is, is that that wasn't even their best win. The best win that season came in, like, week five when they beat a team 107-0. to They beat the high school, like, 77-0. to But if yeah. Minnesota wins, that means they, they have to beat Iowa this week, Northwestern the next, and then was or sorry Northwestern then Wisconsin to close out the season, and then it would obviously be in Ohio State. Would, would they? Yeah, they they would play Ohio State in the in the uh, Big true. Ten title that, game. That so, is that true. Means, it, so you can't leave them out if they win. They, if they go undefeated, no, win no out. you cannot. And looking at it, it really reminds me of when Iowa. You remember when Iowa went undefeated? And I want to say, did they play Wisconsin in the championship? Or? It was uh, Ohio State. Because they play Wisconsin, in this, they're in the same division as Wisconsin. Okay, yeah, yeah. But so it's talk to your kids about an undefeated Iowa. Remember that video? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it reminds you a lot about that team. It would be unbelievable if a twelve and zero Minnesota team comes in and plays even on the same level as Ohio State, because Ohio State not only has the best offense in the country, they have the best defense. It's a, it's crazy to think that Minnesota has been able to turn around this quick. P.J. Fleck has done a very good job, and I know a lot of people in Florida State were thinking maybe we could pull him down here, but he just got a big extension, so no chance. The only way Minnesota gets to the playoff is through Ohio State. Get get that out of your head if you you think, oh, well, maybe they have a chance that they can play up to the – no, they have to beat. Row the boat. Row the boat. Row the boat. (laughs) Utah and Oregon, those those are the two teams from the Pac-12 that are still in it. A lot of of people picked Utah as that dark horse pick. Because their defense, and sometimes their defenses looked a bit shaky this year. Their quarterback isn't very good. Mm -hmm. uh, It's Tyler Huntley. Um, he, He isn't very good. And they went over to USC, and they hadn't won in USC since the 1920s and still couldn't win. This Utah team would be the number three team in the country if if they had won out. I don't think Clemson has done very much in their entire time uh, in the ACC, and and it almost reminds you of this Clemson team is very much a reminder of that 2014 Florida State yeah. team where the, they Jameis had the second year. They had Jameis, who was a Heisman favorite again, back to back years, and underperformed. They just kind of scooted by. This Clemson team hasn't necessarily scooted by. They've crushed teams. But they haven't looked as dominant as years before. I, I think they will get exposed in the playoffs. Yeah, they could get exposed in the playoffs. But yeah, like you said, they reminded me just as that 2014-15 FSU team. Because when they came out in the poll and they were outside the top four, I was like, that makes sense. I've seen this story before. They're going to probably, if they went out, they're going to probably get slotted as a three seed because you can't put them as a four as being the undefeated reigning national champions. Austin. Is Clemson is Clemson going to show up in the playoffs? I know this is somewhat early, but just looking at what Trevor Lawrence has done, sophomore slump. Yeah, sophomore slump is undeniable. And, I mean, 
When you ask if he shows up, I think it depends on who he plays. Because LSU or Clemson, which would be the likely matchup if they stay in the three seed and LSU and Ohio State maintain the top two, I don't think that he would be able to beat either of those teams. But let's say doomsday scenario happens, Ohio State or LSU falters somewhere down the line, like LSU loses the SEC championship game to the to the Bulldogs of Georgia. Um, if he if he played, say a Georgia in the first round, then I think he could go off against them. Lucas. I don't know. I think, um, you know, Clemson, even though, yeah, they have under somewhat underperformed this year, I think they will show up in the playoffs. You know, Dabo, he's the type of coach that he consistently puts out a uh, winning team. I think, um, I lost my train of thought here, sorry. That Who will they play? Yeah, it depends on who they play. Who they're playing, really? It, it really depends if we'll see Alabama and Clemson in the na- national championship once again. That could be a semi semifinal I, I matchup. Beg we don't see that. Yeah, we saw I it as a semifinal the, this year. We saw it as a semifinal a few years back, and that just wasn't that good. It was guys, not competitive. Let, let's let's have let's have a little fun here. I want you guys to pick the next head coach of Florida State football and your top four that is that's going to make oh, the college football playoff. Gosh. I know that you guys have the AP poll pulled up right in front of you. So let's let's see who Florida State's next head coach is going to be, and who you have, one through four, and, and in the next couple of weeks I'll buy you guys a candy bar if you get it right. A candy, a candy bar? bar? That's, 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 that's high stakes. You get to choose what kind. Well, you know, it, 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 no, you get no, you get like almonds almond or, or or a redeemable <laughs> ten ten dollar gift card at any uh, any um, Tallahassee Tallahassee nightlife. Either okay. way, okay. either way, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to Austin. Austin, Ooh, I get to start give us, us off. give us your top four and Florida State's ne- next head coach. Uh, my top four, I would say in order: LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, because I do not think they'll falter anywhere down the line. They get in at 13 and 0, and then the fourth team to get in, I think that the committee is going to value the SEC championship loser over a one loss Alabama team, and that would be the Georgia Bulldogs. A little bit of bias, maybe. Well, well no, there. no. The loser wouldn't Georgia have two? Oh, they would, yes. But but Alabama didn't make it to the championship game. I know, I know there's a precedent because Alabama got in a couple years back without playing in the championship game, but maybe they changed okay. their minds. Okay, okay. That is a uh, hot take. That is a very <laughs> lot of scenarios would have to go for that. Lucas, yeah. and, and Wait, who's, what, her, who's, other, her, who's her head coach? I'm just gonna go chalk here and say Bob Stoops. I think Odell Higgins gets consideration. I don't think there's any truth to the Dion rumors, but Bob Stoops, I think, <laughs> is the guy. Yeah. All right, so as far as the top four teams, I'm going to go LSU, Ohio State, Clemson. I think they'll stay in there. And I'm going to go with the really hot take here. If Minnesota wins out, if they go all the way well, undefeated. Well, they can't. They can't if they, if they if play Ohio, Ohio State. State no way. That, they have to, so they you, have to play Ohio State. That's that's the one that's the one caveat. All right, then yeah, my next uh, choice would then be Oregon. I think. Wow. Dang it! And, are you reading my computer right now? Dang, he's reading. <laughs> hey, hey, you can have the same thing. And then head coach. And then okay. head coach. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. I think uh, Bob Stoops will be our uh, is gonna be the next head coach. Okay, so I'm gonna have to change something up so Luke doesn't have to pay twenty bucks to oh, total. <laughs> so I'm trying to help you, Luke. But I'm going to have the same exact uh, Final Four, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oregon in that. Or Actually, no, no. I'm going to change it up. N- we're not going to have Oregon at uh, four. We're going to go Clemson at four. I said Before I said you can't put an un- uh, undefeated uh, conference champion Clemson at four, they're going to do it. They're going to do something that has never been done before. So we're going to have LSU, Ohio State, Oregon, Clemson. That's the Final Four. Head coach... This is a toughie. This is a tough one. Uh, my my heart says Lane Kiffin, and it still says Lane Kiffin. God, no. Get out of here. Kick him out. Kick him out. Uh, don't kick me out, please. No. Uh, let's go, Bob Stoops. I'm just gonna ride it with everyone okay, that's, else. Okay, that's that's a good one. Yeah. I I I feel like we're all on the same page here. I once again will go LSU, Ohio State, both undefeated. Clemson undefeated, and Oregon will sneak in there because they're going to value this Auburn this Auburn loss. I, I know that there's no such thing as a quality loss, but Auburn might beat Georgia this weekend. It's at home. That that could really help the case for Oregon. I know Oregon fans are going to be rooting for that. We'll see what happens. And the head coach, I know you guys are going to laugh at me. I think Bob Soups is just too much money. They aren't going to go after him, or they're going to try to go after him. But I don't think he wants How to reboot that program. How much money do you have program. to pay to buy out his XFL contract? He's not getting paid that much in the first place. 
yeah. Um, so, well, I don't know where he's guys, too much money. I, I, I know I've, I've done the Mark Stoops train plenty of times over and over and over. Are you getting on the lane train? <laughs> I, I'm no. just going to throw out a wild card. I'll say I'll say Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Luke Fickle, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that, that AAC blood there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. But uh, that's, that's all we got here uh, today. It was a long trip for us, Gary, all the way from Boston College to here over 2,000 miles, but I'm glad to do the show with you. Lots of car rides for Austin Riddles, Lucas Fatia, Sebastian Angel Riano, Gary Putnick, Nikki over on Twitter, everyone else in the studio. I am Luke Fay. This was Tomahawk Talk on WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State. New release is up next. <laughs>